Good morning, David. You are part of the litigation team at Mullane and Lindsay Solicitors. Good morning. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, I'm in the litigation team at Mullane and Lindsay Solicitors, and I'm going to talk to you today about how the law helps co-owners of property when one of them wants to sell and the other doesn't. And the short answer to that question is, yes, they can sell and they can force the sale, but it's the law. So as with many things, there's a little bit more to it. How does it happen that one owner wants to sell when the other one doesn't? It often goes back to how they became joint owners in the first place. Some people get married or move in together and so they buy a property or they want to pull their resources and get an investment property or they may inherit a property under a will. But essentially, the reason that one party ultimately decides to sell when the other doesn't can vary. If the married couples or de facto's and the relationships ended, for instance, they may no longer want to hold that property together. If they've pulled their resources to get an investment property, they may have fallen out. Or one of them may be concerned that the property's market's about to crash and the other's just happy to ride it out and, 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 and keep the property. Or when they've inherited a property, as happened with my dad, he just didn't want to be a landlord. And so he and his brother sold the property. There's lots of reasons why one person decides to keep it and the other decides that they want to sell. And they're very personal. But the most important thing is that one of them has decided that they want to sell. And what does the law say about that? Well, when owners own property together, they become registered on title as joint tenants or tenants in common. And essentially what that means is that if one of them were to die and they're joint tenants, the other remaining owners absorb their interest. Whereas if they're tenants in common, they can leave their share under a will. In the area of family law, that's very specialist. And so your listeners would need to call and ask to speak with one of our accredited specialists in family law. But for everybody else in New South Wales, the key piece of legislation is Section 66G of the Conveyancing Act 1919. And effectively, what that legislation does is allows the owner that wants to sell to ask the court for an order to place the property on statutory trust for sale. Or there is an alternative within that section as well. If, if they don't want to sell the whole property, they might seek partition of the property. And then it's a request to put the property on statutory trust for partition. And there may be a dispute. One party may want to sell. The other may want to do a partition. If that's the case, then the person who's doing the partition has a bit more work to do because they have to establish the partition is more beneficial in the circumstances. But ultimately, they uh, the court will decide and has a discretion whether or not it agrees that it's more beneficial to partition the property. And that's probably the golden rule, really, to remember that the court always has a discretion. What can the other owner do? I think as with a lot of legal disputes, the most practical thing um, the owner can do is talk to the person that wants to sell or partition the property. If they can afford to buy them out, then that is certainly one option that they can discuss. And in that situation, they might want to seek advice from a professional valuer. They could get an appraisal from a real estate agent. But if it goes to court, the judge won't take much notice of an appraisal from a real estate agent. Unfortunately, they will want a formal valuation. So if you think there's going to be an issue when you're talking to your co-owner, um, it may be good to propose a formal valuation. 
talk through the issues. It's far quicker, cheaper and better to talk things through than it is to involve the courts. But ultimately, if you can't do that, the court is there and um, Section 66G will be, uh, will be the process that you follow. What is the process and is it expensive? Sadly, the application first under 66G is to the Supreme Court of New South Wales. So there will be the normal costs of court proceedings. So you'll have to pay a solicitor. You'll almost certainly also have to pay a barrister. There will be court fees. There will be expert fees. And particularly if it's something like partition, you may have several experts. The trustee, once he or she is appointed, will also charge fees. And then you've got your normal real estate agent or other fees relating to to a partition and transactional fees. So it can be quite an involved and expensive process. What are the risks, pros and cons of court proceedings and are there alternatives? So the main risk to any party in court proceedings is that they lose their side of the application and they're faced with a potential costs order to pay uh, the reasonable costs of the other side in addition to their own costs. That's obviously can add significant financial insult to injury. The main advantage is that where you've got a dispute between parties that may just have fallen out badly, the court will appoint a trustee who takes control of the process and minimises the opportunity for disagreement. And the main alternative is talk to each other. And if you can't talk to each other nicely, mediation is a really practical way of helping to explore alternatives. How can our listeners find out more? They can arrange an appointment with me or with Christy Nunn in our Newcastle office or in Tea Gardens. Michael McGrath, who's here most weeks, would be able to help. If they're not sure and they just want to talk through the principles, we offer a fixed price initial consultation. But if they've already decided, no, definitely want to sell or definitely want to try and partition, we can skip through that initial consultation process and move straight into, uh, into what's required. And they can do that by emailing us, telephoning us, or they can click onto the website and just fill out one of the inquiry forms online. Thank you very much, David. Thank you.